This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. We begin with Harvest Hotline. Harvest Hotline brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, the North Dakota Mill, Amity Technology, and Pivot Bio. Well, Valley City, North Dakota farmer Darren Anderson has wrapped up his harvest. I would say this is probably one of the nicest harvests, you know, as far as weather goes in quite a long time. Um, and then add into that that uh, oh, all the crops were better than expected in yield. And actually, probably you could probably consider them good crops, let alone uh, better than expected. So it was, it was a great, it was a nice harvest. I planted some June june like mid-june planted wheat uh just to fill in some wet areas and and it averaged in you know in the low 70s and that's just incredible <laughs> and in and all of our two-thirds of our corn was planted in june and and it, it was at uh aph yields anderson finishing up some of the fall field work we're gonna get about two-thirds to three-fourths of what we want uh, some of the fields are just packed a little bit too hard from trying to get the fields prepped this spring so there's some lessons learned there you know and uh yeah but we're gonna get yeah we have everything worked that we want as far as like corn stocks and we're gonna have like a, yeah about two-thirds of three-fourths of our fertilizer on so uh i guess we'll have to do the rest in the spring Snow showers are being seen at this hour in western and central North Dakota, northern South Dakota, and parts of west central Minnesota. This system is expected to move north through much of North Dakota and northwest Minnesota this afternoon and evening. Most areas will not see any measurable snowfall. This is a better chance of snow later this week. The National Weather Service says a winter storm is possible Thursday and Friday. Fall moisture is in the forecast. National Weather Service Grand Forks meteorologist Nathan Risk says there's a system moving in Thursday through Friday that will drop rain and snow. The system is going to be tracking pretty well from um, kind of western South Dakota up through uh, southeastern North Dakota uh, up towards northwestern Minnesota. And so the currently the uh, biggest swath of uh, snowfall is looking like kind of eastern and central North Dakota into uh, northern, uh, north-central South Dakota as well. Today's weather is an improvement over yesterday's wind gusts and cooler temperatures. We're actually looking at pretty decent weather kind of today and Tuesday, definitely less windy than we saw yesterday, so that'll be a welcome relief. And then Tuesday's looking a little warmer, but then as we get into the middle and later half of the week, we're looking at a potential for a stronger system to impact the region. And we're looking at uh, some pretty impressive rainfall rates and uh, snowfall rates possible with this system. So uh, definitely going to be uh, potential for some uh, winter weather impacts moving ahead as we uh, get towards the later half of the week here. A wetter and more normal weather pattern expected to develop over the next two weeks for much of Brazil, Paraguay, and Argentina. World Weather Incorporated says rains will begin falling Thursday and continue on and off through the next two weeks with one to two inches of rain expected. Temperatures will range from the 60s to the mid-80s most days. And that's Harvest Hotline, brought to you by Pivot Bio, Amity Technology, the North Dakota Mill, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. 
The grain markets continue to trade in a choppy, sideways pattern. North Star Commodity Chief Analyst Mark Schultz says the wheat market continues to be supported by weather, but pressured by the dollar. I think the biggest thing on the wheat is that the fact that the funds have got a huge short position uh, here on wheat. And I would still uh, look at it and say that we've you know, if you look at the uh, southern plains, I would still guess there's going to be about 40 percent of the uh, of the wheat crop area there that still did not do very well with moisture. And now with colder temperatures coming in, you're probably going to push that wheat to dormancy if it does indeed get as cool as they're forecasting over the next uh, 10 to 15, or at least for next week anyway. Schultz says weather will be the biggest driver of the wheat market. To us, uh, you know, we're not going to see much in export business. We didn't, again, this week uh, shipped out only 6.6 million bushels. Um, We don't have to do much, or nobody's that excited about uh, moving a lot of wheat in the first place. So it's not like it's got a big number uh, that they have to get to uh, to meet the export uh, target. But regardless, it's got to be about weather, and you're going to have to have a crop that ends up being poor. With harvest finishing up, farmers across the region are seeing a very strong basis. Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grassafi says farmers are taking advantage of these markets. Most people's bins were coming, uh, were empty in the northern plains uh, due to the drought in Canada and North Dakota. So we had lots of space available, lots of staying power for the northern plains farmer. Throw in the trouble with the Mississippi River, that grain's flowing a different direction than it normally does. And, and you have a hot basis in North Dakota. Grisafi is featured in a monthly update on markets with the Red River Farm Network and the bullpen report on YouTube. The midterm election sets the tone for the policy for the next two years and has market implications. Regardless of how this election turns out, stock market tends to have a good rally after uh, elections, especially uh, midterms, regardless of who wins, who loses. U.S. wheat remains uncompetitive in the world market. Lowen and Associates market analyst Matt Hines says the strength of the dollar is the challenge. You know, I was running some numbers and some of the offers that were coming out, um, you know, initially we're looking oh, anywhere from oh, 250 to almost $3 higher than some of those other markets uh, coming out of the Black Sea, uh, specifically I think Romania right now is probably the cheapest wheat being offered. Corn market has been quiet as well. Pretty flat. Um, you know, we're playing with that 680 again and kind of broke through it for the first time uh, here this month on the December contract. You know, we've got support, you know, right below it, 674, 675 area, and, and again, testing that again today. But uh, really just been very tight sideways trading here for the past month, month and a half. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The butter and dairy markets have seen drastic movement over the last few weeks. Hedge and marketing specialist with egg dairy Robin Schmalz says this movement was due to early buying for the holiday rush. Price fell down not because our inventory increased, not because the market was bearish. It's because buyers had enough supply on hand and they didn't need to be aggressive because of some of the psychology behind the market, some of the emotion behind the market, it created a large void under the market. Well, since then, on Thursday and Friday, or last week, I should say, uh, the 
butter prices rebounded to some degree. Schmall says prices are likely to remain steady for a while now as demand of milk production will likely hold. He also reminds farmers to take the opportunity to protect prices when they can. I don't think we're going to see this thing turn fairly well because one thing we have to see is either lower milk production or higher demand. Higher demand probably isn't going to happen because of the current economic situation. Lower milk production is probably going to happen prior to increasing demand, but that still will take a while before that happens. So dairy producers need to take a hard look at this market, and when there are opportunities there for them to protect some prices or do some marketing, sign up for a DMC, they need to embrace those things. According to United States Meat Export Federation CEO Dan Hallstrom, U.S. pork exports topped year-ago totals for the second consecutive month in September, while beef exports dipped below the $1 billion mark. We're up a little bit, 1% or 2% on the total. And this is with Mexico down slightly, our largest volume market. So I think, once again, this kind of emphasizes the strategy to maximize and diversify markets as much as we can is definitely paying off. You have growth out of some of the major uh, markets. You got China was up, Korea, Japan, some of our larger markets. But then you scroll down to some of the smaller markets and uh, Colombia continues to be a very consistent growth market for us. Uh, the Dominican Republic, the Caribbean in general is growing and the ASEAN region, the Philippines. While beef or exports are down some, they're still steady with yearly average. We did have a down month on beef in September of about 7%, but we were still right at $900 million exported. And uh, it wasn't very long ago that $900 million would have been a record for a month of exports. Yeah, I think uh, once again, we have a, a pretty broad base of strength on the beef side. China was up a, a bit. The ASEAN region in general, the Philippines and Vietnam, had very good months. Caribbean continues to perform. Uh, food service and tourism business is absolutely booming in the Caribbean and in a lot of parts of the world, and, and we're starting to see that in the results. Large federal grants and dollars have been moved towards expanding beef processing capacity. Iowa State University Extension Livestock Economist Lee Schultz now has, says now some meat processors are having second thoughts. You know, we've heard over you know last couple of years planned additions, and then we've also heard of some of those um, planned additions being paused inde indefinitely. We've heard um, some of those change timelines. Um, and they'll certainly be ones we're not talking about now that'll be added to that list of potentially adding to uh, processing capacity. Well, I, I think, you know, it is very much a, you know, firm level or an individual packer's decision. Now, you know, from an economist standpoint, it's easy for me to say, you know, the, the least efficient plants may be the ones that are rethinking some of that, that investment. And Schultz's labor shortage, uh, inflation, and a lower number of cattle in the U.S. Uh, could signal a time for processing slowdowns. You know, when you think about the cost of building materials, they've risen dramatically since 2020. You know, we're seeing building prices almost 40% higher than, than two years ago. We're certainly dealing with uh, a very tight labor supply, and that impacts the ability to operate processing plants. And then if we think at where we're at in the current cattle inventory cycle, we're seeing inventory numbers decline. 
And that's expected the next couple of years. So that means all else equal, higher cattle prices. And so that's a major input into beef processing. And so that means higher costs for meat packers. You know, we're going to see those margins tighten over the next couple of years. Go to Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com. You can sign up for the weekly FarmNet News e-newsletter. You can also download this broadcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well, all at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The U.S. Durham Growers Association hosted a Crop Outlook and Durham Forum last week. North Dakota Wheat Commission Market Development and Research Manager Erica Olson says ND Wheat also plays a role in putting on the forum. So the Crop Outlook and Durham Forum meeting is a meeting co-hosted by the North Dakota Wheat Commission and the U.S. Durham Growers Association. So it's a bit of a unique event. We get a lot of industry participation from country elevators, um, to traders, um, the pasta and milling industries, and then producers as well. So we try to cover just some of the key topics affecting the industry, both on the producer side and then um, also more, you know, on the milling pasta demand side of things as well. Olson says pasta demand remains strong even with rising food prices. So, you know, some of the, the issues, of course, are just still the increased costs in terms of inputs, labor, transportation, and then still just logistical challenges as well and supply chain type disruptions. So those are big factors affecting all facets of the industry. But then when we look at specifically Durham and pasta, we're looking at potential good demand for pasta. Um, That tends to be a food even in times of high inflation or recessionary periods still tends to be a cheap food that can, you know, feed families for a fairly low cost. Checking markets before we leave you this noon hour. We're seeing December wheat in Minneapolis hanging on to the gains. We're a three and a half cents higher in December Minneapolis wheat at 9.58. Chicago December wheat now down three and a half cents at 8.44 and a half. Kansas City is a penny higher at 9.54 and a quarter. December corn down five and a quarter at 6.75 and three quarters. January soybeans are down 13 and a half at 14.48 and a half. January canola down three dollars and seventy cents a metric ton at eight ninety four seventy Canadian. December live cattle up a dollar thirty two at one fifty two ninety seven. November feeder cattle sixty two cents higher one seventy eight forty five. December lean hogs four dollars and two cents higher at eighty seven dollars even. The Dow Jones Industrial Average currently two hundred ninety six points higher. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network. <laughs>